What were the adjustments the San Francisco 49ers made to come back in the second half of the NFC Championship game? Two really big plays that we want to highlight in particular and a quick first look at the Super Bowl opponent, Kansas City Chiefs. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore, Cro- excuse me, at Crocky 209 is the new handle on Twitter because, yes, he is in California now. Love having Crocky back in the Golden State. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Yeah, that went up. $200 in bonus bets. when you, uh, If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. More on some Super Bowl specials from FanDuel a little bit later. Uh, Croc, the San Francisco 49ers are in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58. San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs. Quick peek ahead at the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to talk a lot about the Chiefs. We're going to talk a lot about the 49ers. Have some guests on the next couple of weeks as we get ready for it. I, to be honest with you, when it gets to this point, I hate that there's an extra week of time because it makes you a little anxious and it just gives you so much time to um, to get weird with things. But the Senior Bowl week as well, Croc. And so, you know, look, there's only one more game and this season is over no matter how it ends. So we got to start looking ahead to the NFL draft as well and building toward the next season. But obviously everybody in the building right now, that's not on the scouting side. The college scouting side is uh, getting ready for super bowl 58. And uh, uh, hold on, I, have, I have a question and it kind of ties into the adjustments that yeah. the 49ers made in the second half. But uh, if you're GM Peacock, or we can be a team. All right. You, you could be uh, John Lynch and I'll be Adam Peters. Okay. All right. But we're thinking about drafting someone first round. Finally, have a first round pick in years for the first time in years. We've been watching these games. What position would you say, you know what? You know, obviously, hopefully, this our, our board falls this way, but ideally, we would like to fill this position if possible. What position is that? I have thought all season long. It was going to be offensive tackle. I've kind of thought that since last last draft when the 49ers didn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. It's like, man, offensive tackle would be the, the pick to make because not only currently needing potentially an upgrade over – uh, over Colton McKivitz, but you know, someone who could potentially jump right in, start as a rookie, maybe at right tackle, and eventually replace Trent Williams. And who knows if Trent Williams might uh I mean he seemed pretty emotional after that win. There's a chance he hangs it up this offseason if the 49ers win a Super Bowl, or if they don't, you know, we don't know how long Trent Williams is gonna play. You don't know what's in his heart. You hope he plays for a, a long time. But offensive tackle is one of those things that you know there's not many guys built in a way that you're a you're a you know, you just walk into the league as a starting offensive tackle in the NFL. Uh, you know, defensive end, you know, cornerbacks going high is another one that uh, and for some of those positions, the Niners might even need to trade up from where they're picking at 31 and 32 as well. So um, you got to put some resources into those positions, which is, you know, why you get, end up with the whole debate of, you know, do you draft a running back? Well, you can't with the first round pick because you can find running backs, but man, it's hard to find those freaks of nature that are defensive ends. These guys are unicorns, offensive tackles and, you know, cornerbacks in a lot of cases. Um, but 
it's a great question because as you tie it into what we saw with the 49ers, would you have rather had uh, like Vince Wilfork or a different <laughs> offensive tackle? D <laughs> tackle might be the position crop. Which sounds crazy because the 49ers have used so much resources on the interior defense. You know, even guys like Solomon Thomas. And then you have Javon Kenlaw. You pay a lot of money to Eric Armstead, trade away DeForest Buckner. But it's clear that, you know, kind of bolstering up that defensive line has been a focal point of the Niners. And everything that they've done could not prepare them for what happened yesterday. And hopefully, and I said yesterday, but, you know, Sunday evening, hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs don't have the offensive line that can just really overpower the 49ers, but those guys get moved around. And when I say moved around, th there were some time, some plays where it was almost sickening to see the 49ers defensive line getting pushed back four or five yards and nobody really touching J Montgomery until about four yards past the line of scrimmage. It, it, you, you can't get bullied like that. It really reminded me of high school. I, I said all the time, I coach at Edison High School. And we played against Central Catholic. And Central Catholic private school, uh, public school versus private school. I don't know why they do that. But anyways, private school. And we can hang with them. Athlete for athlete, we're good. No issues. But when it came to the trenches, there was a big advantage their way. They threw the ball three times because they didn't have to throw. Now, we barely lost. But they threw the ball three times because they ran the ball down our throat just Seven yards, eight yards, seven yards, seven yards, eight yards. It was demoralizing, all right? And you see things like that, all you can think about is, man, if we could just get some defensive line or get some guys in the weight room. Well, the NFL, 49ers, you can make it a point of emphasis to get some guys that or a guy that's just immovable. I've been asking for that guy for I don't know how long, and you never know when exactly you might want to use him. Uh, I don't think it has to be a three-down guy, but is there a guy that you can just pick up off the street or – Fine later in the draft, or maybe even prioritizing their first round, like the uh, Giants did with Dexter Lawrence, which I think has worked out very well for their front end. Who can you get that's going to anchor down, take on doubles, and keep your linebackers clean? Because that was an issue too. Guys were just moving guys five yards down, then moving to the next uh, uh, level. It's just washing down Fred Warner, who's not a guy that's just going to, you know, just really get off of blocks with ease. He's more of a, uh, uh, you know, see it, attack, please keep me clean, and I'll go in sideline to sideline and make those tackles. Uh, it, it was a tough watch to see the 49ers just get manhandled like that. Can't wait to talk about why it kind of changed. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a perfect segue because um... – the adjustments, were they adjustments or was it execution, right? And you could ask the question about the Lions, first half against second half. Like, I, I thought Ben Johnson's game plan was better than Steve Wilkes' game plan. I, I thought it was, and, and that's how it looked in the first half. And then in the second half, I thought he called a lot of great stuff, but he was let down on some big-time plays by his playmakers. So is it scheme? Is it execution? And you could ask that question about both sides. And there's a lot of 49ers fans that are hitting us up in our mentions and, and asking us about this, which is why I wanted to bring it up with you today, Croc. They're like, hey, is Steve Wilkes the guy? Would he have been, people are asking me, would he have been fired if the Niners would have lost that game? You know, would that have been the collateral damage there? Nick Bosa, after the game, was asked the question, why you, why were you guys so much better in the second half? And he's basically like, well, we didn't want people to think we weren't a very good defense. <laughs> so are you saying you just played harder? You played better? Um, I don't know. And it was, it's hard, you know, on that first and, kind of, you know, went back and watched it a second time today. I want I wanted to go through it with a finer tooth comb, um, and I wasn't able to. But 
the there was nothing obvious about like oh like they did this so much different in the second half a completely different scheme and, and the 49ers all year long that's one of the things they do with their scheme is they rely on being so good up front that they don't have to do a lot of stuff they're not trying to trick you on defense they're like we're better than you and we're going to try to beat you and you 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 know what we're pretty much going to be doing now Kyle Shanahan it's a little bit more difficult to know exactly how he's going to operate and call plays during a game but you can pretty much guess and it's been this way all the way through D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala you kind of know what the defense is going to be doing most plays Uh, for me if you ask me what happened and what the difference was from first half to second half I think the 49ers were just more opportunistic and a little luck on their side and the offense was just better you know first half you didn't have a great offense you move the ball down the field kick the field goal you missed then your next drive you did go down score a touchdown then they kind of just flatlined after that all right where the defense they were just kind of getting ate up no, no matter what like they were very off balance we talked a lot about that after the game very off balance it's tough to call a defense that way where i'm pretty sure wilkes was just like what the hell do i call well second half you know 49ers drove down kicked the field goal boom got some points on the board all right cool hey let's get a stop and everybody thinks that the lions just stopped running the ball in the second half that's not really what happened First play, they did play action, again, keeping the 49ers off balance, had a big play to to Laporta. He had a nice game down the sideline. And then they ran the ball well from there. They just got in a short yardage situation, went for it on fourth down, and the receiver dropped it. And that was a missed opportunity for them. And the 49ers capitalized on that because shortly after that, Brandon Ayuk caught a ball off somebody's face mask. Like, <laughs> wow, how how convenient. Even Ayuk was like, hey, got a little lucky there, right? Yeah, like, shout like, out to the ladybug that gave me a luck. You know, so you you get that. You take full advantage of it. Also, luck comes from preparation the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity was there for something he was prepared for. He made the play. Great job, Brandon Ayuk. But they had some bounces go their way. Then you kick the ball off. Then what happens? You do get a tackle and you strip it. I don't know if that's schematic. Or, hey, they did rush the guy, they tackled him, it was going to be around the line of scrimmage, but you forced a fumble. Next thing you know, boom, you're scoring. It's, it's a tie ball game now. Then they had a couple more drops, a drop on third down, and certain things that really, like you said, kind of let their offense down, and the 49ers just kept pushing because, of course, they do. They're a great team. That's why they were favored in this game. They got in their rhythm, their groove, momentum started going their way. But as far as second-half adjustments by the defense, I think just the way it played out, it kind of looked like there might have been an adjustment because they didn't really score into that last drive. But it, I thought that they had a lot of the same success, but guys now dropped passes, and that was a little bit more unfortunate for the Lions. Very fortunate for the 49ers, though. I want to highlight the two of the plays you mentioned there, Croc. One was the fourth down, the first fourth down stop that the 49ers defense got and, and how – that play happened and of course we're trying to figure out if it's called the immaculate deflection or the catch for brandon Ayuk, maybe the biggest play of the game next today's episode of locked on 49ers is brought to you by fanduel america's number one sports book happy super bowl by the way to all who celebrate from fanduel and if you're like me super bowl sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets and there is an endless amount of Super Bowl props. I mean, the game, the food, the commercials, uh, everything you can imagine, you can find Super Bowl props at FanDuel. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three parlays, same game parlays. 
uh, which player will, will score the first touchdown, which will, player will score which touchdown when, which group of players will be scoring touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so, so much more. Uh, not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but uh, FanDuel has all of the rest of it as well. It is endless. And new customers join today at FanDuel. Get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So I think we're officially going with the catch four, right, Croc? And not the immaculate deflection, just because it's more based in 49ers history. And if you ask somebody, hey, the catch four, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. What, what, real quick, which one was the catch three? Uh, uh, Davis, Vernon Davis. Vernon right? Davis, yeah. So yeah, Clark, yeah, Owens, yeah. Vernon Davis. I'd say the biggest difference within with this catch compared to the others, I don't know if we could put that much importance on it. It was very important in this game, but those other ones were like game winners. Like Vernon Davis, it was like to win the game. This one, uh, this one kind of was too. Like, what happens if he doesn't catch that deflection? I don't know uh, how the rest of this game goes. That was a huge play. They they scored a touchdown on what the next play or two plays later. Um, and by the way, so and it was him. A terrific throw by Brock Purdy on that third down play. Uh, slant from Brandon Ayuk, kind of mm-hmm. squeezed it right in between the window between two defenders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very underrated play in that game or Absolutely. underrated throw. To, to convert that touchdown because we yeah. saw what happened later. Where, you know, if you don't get that touchdown, now it's fourth down. You're going four on fourth down. You kick a field goal. You know, again, it changes the whole complexion of the game. So not only do they need that play, they still needed to score after that play. Now, when you watch that play back, it was a great read and a great throw by Purdy. Like people are talking about, oh, he got lucky because that should have been picked off. It hit Kendall Vildor in the in the head and it got deflected, right? It was a lucky play. Um, you had him. It just happened to be that uh, that there was that when he took off, the defender rerouted him, got in his way, interfered with him, and the refs threw a flag on that. You know, it was like a it, it, the, and my question is, did they pull the flag because the catch was made? And it seems like that's what happened. It's not that the 49ers declined it, but would they have kept the laundry on the field if Ayuk did not catch the pass? But aside from that, you got to give your receivers a chance. It was a good read. They got the look they wanted. He made a good throw. Uh, if Vilder didn't interfere with Ayuk, then it would have been it, it, like, my point is it was a perfect throw. If if Vildor didn't touch Ayuk while the ball's in the air, Ayuk was going to where the ball was thrown. It was a. It wasn't like Jimmy G who just missed and threw it too far. I uh, Purdy threw the bright pass to his guy who was breaking open in a one on one, but you know whether it was pass interference or not, the other player prevented Ayuk from getting where he would have been for that to be a perfect pass. Is what I want to say. So the throw was good, and obviously there's a lot of stuff that can happen with the ball in the air. Would it have been pass interference? Would they have kept the the penalty if? Ayuk did not catch it. I don't know. But uh, if you want to talk about luck, uh, there was a lot less luck involved in that play than it might look to someone who wants to discredit Brock Purdy. The throw was good. The read was good. Got the look they wanted. Took the shot, a calculated one-on-one shot. And like you said, the preparedness of Brandon Ayuk to be there to make that play, which was just a really difficult catch and an amazing play and probably the biggest play of the game. Uh, well, first of all, I think it was terrific defense. Uh, I thought he was on top of the receiver, and then they're both looking up at the ball. He's maybe slowed down a little bit, and that caused the bump, and then he went for the ball. 
uh, I think the refs kind of saw it that way and they were like, you know what? I don't think that was PI. Obviously, it didn't matter whatever they thought because Brandon Ayuk made an amazing reaction uh, to come down with that play. But one thing about that is, and you talked about throwing the ball down the field and taking shots. I wish the 49ers would do more of that. You know, do do more of taking shots. All that's going to do is get guys back. So right now, teams are playing the 49ers as if they're not really going to take shots. And we see few and far in between. He took one shot early in the first quarter uh, to Brandon Ayuk down the left sideline. And I don't know if he took another deep shot until that deep post by Ayuk. But if you watch a team like, let's say, uh, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. We saw him last week with the Packers, the pass interference, underthrown ball, get bailed out because yeah. there's pass interference on Ambry Thomas. That was that was against the Packers, right? Well, well, that's something that can happen too. But if you watch, you know, sometimes them play right, and I saw somebody talking about, oh, Josh Allen, like check down guy. And it's like, look, Josh Allen and Mahomes, when you see them throwing underneath or around the line of scrimmage or whatever, a lot of times it's because the safeties are so deep. Like, they're playing far back. Teams don't play the 49ers like that. They're playing tight, basically saying, hey, <laughs> throw it deep. Like, let's yeah. see if you do that. And more times than not, because Kyle, you know, he runs his offense and it's not really predicated on the vertically pushing routes uh, down the sidelines, they kind of dare the 49ers to do it. And you see what could potentially happen when you do. Brandon Ayuk makes an amazing play uh, and you nearly get a pass interference. I say worst case scenario on that, well, yeah, the worst case scenario is it doesn't go off a guy's face mask and he catches it. <laughs> but more times than not, the percentages probably say it's more than likely going to fall incomplete. So three things can happen. Fall incomplete, which probably happens more time more than anything else. Receiver comes down with a catch. Definitely likely to happen. Pass interference. I'd say an interception on that is probably very low uh, from a percentage standpoint. So I, I challenge for now, take take more shots downfield and get those safeties out of there. And then maybe like against the Packers early in the game, Savage jumps an in-breaking route. Are safety sitting and driving on that right now? If they are more threatened by the 49ers vertical passing game, I'd say probably not. And if they are going to jump on it, hit them over the top of it. Hit them over the top. Now, I think Brock Purdy, again, he will throw the ball down the field, uh, but still it's not as much as around the league. And teams are still playing the 49ers as if they are a team that's not really going to take shots. Yeah. And, and the he doesn't, and he's not a check down guy either. That's not what Croc's saying. They again, I, I always bring it up and I got a trademark it aggressively intermediate. That's Kyle Shanahan's offense. And it's a perfect fit for it was a good fit for what Jimmy Garoppolo did and how he plays. Uh, it's even better fit for for Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy will be a little bit more aggressive and he'll make some some bigger throws than than his predecessors will in this offense. And he'll make plays with his legs, which were massive in this game. And uh, that's not really what the point of this show is today. Uh, but, it's, you know, Bears repeating again. Um, love it. Love the guts from Brock Purdy. Love the throw. That was not a lucky throw. It was a good look. Uh, you know, nice play by the defender if it wasn't P.I. to be in position. Um, and even better play by Brandon Ayuk to come down with that ball and then Purdy finishing it couple plays later with a touchdown to IU with a fantastic throw. So just phenomenal. take more shots. Yeah. Take more shots. I, I feel like that's a double entendre or something like, you know, take more shots. There you have to, it has to be on film. Teams have to know that they can't just sit in that, you know, on those in breakers and those dig routes and over the, cause that's where the 49ers want to operate. Uh, but it gets harder and harder to operate when guys are and and it'll make it less likely for that play like Savage jumping in front. Cause I think 
Brock Purdy thought, no way, this is a deep safety. My guy's route is going to be underneath that safety. And Savage is like, nope, I'm jumping the hell out of this thing. And he threw it right to him. You, you know, where it also makes it difficult is some of the route running underneath. Uh, there were a couple of out routes that Brock Purdy threw to Brandon Ayuk, and the corner was all over it. You know, is the corner squatting on routes or sitting on routes that much if they are more worried about Ayuk being more of a vertical threat? Because, again, if, you, if you're playing the, playing the percentages, and I'd have to watch the film to see how much he does it, but how many times does Ayuk go vertical? I, I remember watching DK Metcalf at Ole Miss, and every single route was slant, five-yard stop, 10-yard stop, go route. Like, that was it. And more times than not, it was five-yard stop, 10-yard stop, go route, and then yep. occasional slant. But you didn't really get much more outside of that. So if I'm a corner, I'm playing him for the – Five-yard stop, 10-yard stop, go route. Like, I'm playing for that. And I think maybe some of it had to be like a read. He's reading the defender. Uh, and that depends on if he, you know, converts it into a go route. Yeah. But these corners, I think they're playing some of the 49ers receivers on these shorter routes when they're just manned up. Bro, I'm, I'm going to sit on this because you're not really taking shots. Yeah. So and, even and the one early on, I liked it because you maybe got them thinking just a little bit. But clearly that didn't take them out of the game their game plan. And if you look at some of the throws and the, the bodies that are around Brock Purdy, when he throws the ball uh, in certain areas and how difficult of a throw that may be, that will tell you everything that you need to know with how people feel the 49ers are operating as an offense. One more play I want to highlight, which was the first fourth down stop, which was a massive play in this game and, and really part of the momentum switch from the lions to the 49ers in the third quarter of the NFC championship game. How did it happen? Why did it happen? Can you blame it all on the drop and quick peek at this, uh, all too familiar opponent for the San Francisco 49ers and Super Bowl 58, the Kansas city chiefs next. Today's episode of lockdown 49ers is brought to you by eBay motors, passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your vehicle you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back, and I've used eBay Motors. I love it. There's a big green check there for the eBay guaranteed fit. You know it's the right part, and it arrived, and it was the right part, and it could not have been an easier process because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. So the fourth down stop, and you brought it up a little bit earlier, Croc, and this was the second play, and and I, I think the IU catch, the catch four, the immaculate deflection, whatever you want to call it, and the fourth down stop. Um, those were huge plays, the momentum swinging plays in this game, and they came so close to each other on the on the game clock as well. It was a good call from Ben Johnson. It was a pretty good throw from Jared Goff, but a little bit, it made the throw a little bit or made the catch a little bit more difficult for Josh Reynolds than it could have been, which was all of the difference because he was, he was an awkward catch and he got his hands on it, but he was kind of going down. It was kind of behind him as he was coming back to the ball. He wasn't able to secure it and make that catch. 
Huge stop. 49ers get the ball back on a fourth down. But what's not talked about on that play is the pressure the 49ers got. And this was the difference in the third quarter to bring it back to the whole Wilts conversation in the second half adjustments. Nick Bosa was a maniac in the second half of that game. Uh, and he got instant pressure coming off the right edge of the 49ers defense, came around the corner. Goff felt it, had to step up, but he couldn't step up because Eric Armstead was there. So then he had to kind of, he kind of wanted to step up, couldn't step up, kind of had to get back up in a different direction. And Armstead might even got a piece of the ball, but he for sure changed the path that Jared Goff was throwing the football to Josh Reynolds. And if not for that pressure, if not for Bosa and Armstead and the 49ers defensive line moving Goff off his spot, that's probably an easy completion. And that drive keeps going. And in a game like, basically in a game that on Sunday, it was, you know, it was a three-point game. In a game like that, one play could have been the difference. The 49ers needed all of that to happen. They needed drops. They needed balls to bounce off of helmets and, and still be caught. They needed to play so much better, which they did in the second half. They needed all of it. But you got to give props to the 49ers defense and the 49ers front that said, we're not going to go out like that. We're going to play our, our butts off in the second half of this game. And uh, Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead made that play because they made it just difficult enough on Goff to deliver the ball to make the catch just difficult enough for Josh Reynolds to drop that pass. And again, not luck for a receiver dropping it. The 49ers forced that play to end up the way it was, and the Lions guy couldn't make a play in the end, uh, and that was just a huge stop. And so I just wanted to highlight how that play happened because it was such a big play, and it's so easy to say, oh, it was a drop. Uh, it was more than a drop. It was uh, it, it was something that the 49ers created for the Detroit Lions offense. You talked about Nick Bosa, man. He ran the hoop. That's what you call that right there, running the hoop around that corner, and it did force him to step up in the pocket. You got Armstead there, and they, they said that's the book on golf, right? Make him a little bit uncomfortable. Make him have to kind of make a play on the move, move him off of his spot, and he won't look the same. You look at 90% of this game, he's had back, he's making reads, he's making throws. He was, he was awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. I also think we saw the difference between a game manager and a game changer. All right. Where game <laughs> manage, it's, hey, man, we're running the ball well. Play action passes, I can hit throws all over the field. He's throwing darts, even on third and 18. But he, I can hit these windows if you allow me to talk about that on the date. Uh, Fred Warner, I think he had bad, not bad eyes. I think the top to spot drop, but he definitely didn't see the only threat. There was no other threat that could be coming from that side. And he was paying so much attention to the quarterback. He let this guy just cross right his, right right in front of his face and never saw it coming. If you see it coming, then you can start to kind of drift with it and then eventually make a play on it, but he never saw it coming. Anyways, that's a whole other story. But just to throw, boom, dart right there. And he threw some other really good passes. Game manager, nothing wrong with that. But when it was time to be a game changer, and, and when people draft quarterbacks really high, it's because you have the ability to – Give me a different outcome than what's laid out for you. And the 49ers have been looking for that for a while. Uh, when anybody talks about the Super Bowl, the 49ers lost to Kansas City, got the revenge game coming up. But it was to me, it was all about uh, Jimmy might not be good enough to make the play that needs to be made in this moment. Whether it was that game, whether it was blowing the lead against the Rams. Like, we need you to make a play. You're not capable. Well, that's Jared Goff. And we've seen him in those situations now. Good quarterback. It's good enough to make the play that's not really there to be made. And 
we saw it several times from Brock Purdy in this game. Uh, not the ball going off a guy's face mask, but utilizing his legs. Third and 11, he's taking off. He's making plays near a sack. He spins out of it, hits a guy on the sideline. Like Those are the things that's the difference maker. It really makes me more comfortable with the 49ers' chances of taking down a monster in Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. No doubt. Goff is, was 5-for-5 five five or 5-for-6, I think, in the first half on third downs. They ended the game 6-of-12. On third downs, they might have only had one third down conversion. Some drops, like they 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 had some drops. There was another one from a tight end uh, where he had the opportunity to catch it and couldn't corral it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one from Josh Reynolds where uh, not even the fourth down drop, just another yep. one across the middle hit him in the hands. I was, was like, how that. did he drop that? But thank you, right? So he had a little James bit of bad Williams. luck. Jameson Williams, the deep ball in the end zone, hit him in the hands too, and he kind of didn't have a clear sight of it or something. It looked like. Because that was actually a good throw, and it didn't hit him in the hands, and uh, he wasn't ready to to bring it in. So it was weird. It was like he, everybody kind of missed it. Like it was almost it was almost comparable to not maybe the same distance, but Josh Allen throwing that seventy yard moon ball to yeah. Diggs, and Diggs kind of just jumped and he whiffed on the whole ball. It's like where how? And maybe it was so far kind of threw his concentration off. I think I think Jameson Williams was a little distracted by. One of the four nines defensive backs that like, kind of mm-hmm. touched his arm yeah. right before the ball is going to come, and I think that kind of threw threw off some of his focus and concentration to the ball. So uh, it was either Jair Brown or Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas, I know he went down. We didn't really talk about that, but uh, one of those guys that was that was really clutch because it definitely threw off the focus. Yeah. We'll get into the injury reports. We'll get into tons on this game, but uh, first note here on the Kansas City Chiefs clock: Forty ers favored by. One and a half points against the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Niners coming in favorites again. Um, but this is a different Kansas City Chiefs team. This is a team that has been led by their defense this year. Steve Spagnuolo has done a fantastic job with that Kansas City Chiefs defense. And Patrick Mahomes has not had his usual MVP type season. He's been awesome in the playoffs. He's so tough to play against. But um, this is, you know, the Travis Kelsey, you can start to see. A little age on him with the way he's playing. He was phenomenal in the last game. I think he, I think he had eight first down catches out of his eleven catches or something like that uh, against the the Baltimore Ravens, and he, and he was the entire passing game for uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. But he's not getting a lot of help from the guys outside. They're just getting just enough from that group. And you know, um, Pacheco, the running back, uh, he, he'll he'll stick his face in there, but you know, it's not a, a dynamic running game necessarily either. So this is a, this is a different chiefs team just because their focus is kind of switched. They're better on defense than they were on offense this year. A lot of what I saw yesterday watching that game was uh, Mahomes when needed, just kind of making a play. And the guy that consistently was there, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at a lot of his production, it's a lot of off script stuff. Like how often do you just see Mahomes drop back three steps, back foot, hit, let it rip, and it's Travis Kelsey on the other end. It's typically Mahomes starts to move around and and he threw one. It was a third down play. So this is a key play. He drops back. Nobody's there. He's, he moves in the pocket, steps up, steps to the side. It's like, is he about to run? And it was very reminiscent of Brock Purdy's throw to Juwan Jennings. It was something like that, like along the lines of that. Yep. And Travis Kelsey made a diving play. A lot of his production comes off of broken plays. Now, who's kind of starting to heat up? And we really looked at this team early on, like, ah, not a lot of weapons. Uh, it's Travis Kelsey and then everybody else. 
Rashe Rice, like they're, they're the rookie. He has been really good, and he's turning into that guy that Mahomes can count on outside of Kelsey, and he's kind of been that guy really the second half of the season. So I think we a lot of people still view Kansas City as a team that uh, a little down on weapons, and then, you know, you got Pacheco, he runs really hard, and then there's Kelsey, but Rashe Rice. Uh, everybody else, uh, you got Kadarius Tony. What, what, All this Antling is like uh, hit and miss. He's it, batting like one fifty, you know. Well, but it, he did he did make one deep play to see right, the form right. last week. They got one, but it's been a while for him too. So it's, it's you can't count on him. Well, on Price Picks and and all those sites, his over the over under or more or less on his receptions is like one point five. So obviously, he's not expecting a whole lot out of him, but. Uh, 49er legend Richie James, like mm-hmm. they will throw the ball to him here and there. He had a drop in that Big game, but offense returns kicks, yeah, yeah. So, this is going to be a fun one. Can't wait to dive into it. Big thing I'm going to look at their offensive line are they overpowering in the run game? Because if we've noticed any kind of weakness as of late with the 49ers, it might be that area and the and getting guys pinned down on the edge. The, the Lions did that a ton. Is that something that the Kansas City Chiefs will try to do as well? And by God, start fast. Start fast, please. Lots more on Super Bowl 58, the matchups from the 49ers and the Chiefs. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the first ever sports streaming 24-7 channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports today. You can find it on your Amazon Fire and more smart TVs to come as well. We'll let you know when that happens. Subscribe to Locked On Sports today. You'll see me and Croc on there, all the national experts and local experts, and Croc and I back right here Tomorrow, Lockdown 49ers.